0: Welcome to a podcast from Food and Drink Federation Scotland. FTF Scotland is the membership body for Scotland's food and drink manufacturers. We represent and support our members on the issues that are important to them. Hi, my name is Kirsty Ritchie. I am the Communications Executive for FDF Scotland. In today's podcast, our CEO, David Thompson, and our Head of Policy, Kat Hay, will tell us more about FDF Scotland's manifesto, which sets out the key priorities for Scotland's food and drink manufacturers to ensure future success of our industry. David, could you please tell us a bit more about the purpose of the manifesto? Hi,
1: Kirsty. Of course I can. Every five years, we have an election in Scotland, and the manifesto is really how we in the food and drink industry set out what we feel we need uh, from the next election and from our, our politicians. It's a really important uh, document because it helps to influence political thinking uh, by all parties. Um, and so for us, it's a really important that we're out there uh, using the manifesto to talk to as many politicians and prospective MSPs as possible over this uh, very important period
0: that's great thank you and um fdf scotland represent a wide variety of companies i thought it'd be interesting kat if you could tell us a bit more about those and the kind of food they make
2: yeah great idea Kirsty. so our members mainly are from the food and drink manufacturing sector specifically but we do have some primary producers it's a hugely diverse sector everyone from haggis makers to tatty seed producers to soft drinks makers and biscuit and shortbread makers, Um, such a wide variety of companies and all different sizes and scales as well. We have people who employ several hundred and some people who employ maybe just two or three. Just to give you a kind of idea about some of the things that go on in the industry, we've got 14 million of cubes of fudge being made in Glasgow every year. We've got um, enough sausage casing to wrap around all of Scotland's coastline over 40 times. We have Thousands and thousands of
0: mozzarella sticks getting produced in Scotland. So there's a lot happening. Thank you, Kat. That's that's really interesting, I'm sure, for everyone to hear. Um I wanted to delve into the priorities in the manifesto. So the first one on there is supporting the growth of our industry. Um can you tell me why um that's important? Um the kind of great successes in our areas and how the politicians can support us?
1: First thing to say, Kirsty, is that there are has been an enormous amount of work in the food and drink industry over the past year in terms of making sure that there's food on shelves during the coronavirus pandemic. Um, you've seen businesses make massive strides forward, whether that's in uh, making sure that the staff are safe by reducing the number of people on site, whether it's in uh, direct-to-consumer marketing, uh, whether it's in changing what they do because uh, the way that people buy things has changed uh, over over the period of the pandemic. So there's been a huge amount of that work and and, and really heroic work to make sure there's food on shelves and and a lot of that is hidden. So that's why we talk about uh, the the people who work in food and drink as hidden heroes of the coronavirus pandemic. And I think it's really important to stress that, um, uh, you know, there's been tough times uh, and businesses have been really adaptable, uh, but it's had a huge impact on businesses.
2: Yeah, I'd add to that. I mean, I've been so impressed with um, many of our food and drink manufacturing members in Scotland who've been donating food to key workers and the vulnerable during the pandemic Um, and not just going to um, searching for how can I keep my factory compliant with COVID regulations, which has been a fast moving and ever changing beast, but also how can I make sure that my site is the safest place that my, my, my staff, my co-workers can go to. Um, so it's going over and above just what's required. It's, it's we want to make sure we look after our staff and look after our communities. Um, and, and that's to the heart of the food and drink industry in Scotland. It's, it's why it's such a great industry to be part of.
1: Absolutely. And I think the, the important thing here is what we're asking for going forward is to understand the impact that coronavirus has had on the industry. To understand the changes that have been brought by the Brexit process, whether you think it's a good or bad bad idea, uh, there have been changes and lots of businesses have struggled to adapt. Um, And so that's why we're saying a couple of things. The first one is that um, government should really concentrate on making sure there's a stable platform for businesses to thrive and grow. Um, And the best way to do that is to make sure that they they don't change the rules and don't do that in a way that negatively affects our food and drink industry. So there's a lot there that we're saying to government, please just hold on, wait till the industry stabilises, wait till the industry grows, and then see what we're working with before we introduce other policies that will introduce costs or difficulties onto the industry. And I think the, the, the second thing is actually, you know, there's been a great partnership between industry and government over the past 15 or so years, um, which has shown that government investment can be repaid multiple times by the growth of the industry. Um, and uh, that Scotland Food and Partnership is one that has had um, you know, significant investment to support the recovery from coronavirus and uh, the changes brought by Brexit. Uh, and we want to make sure that, that whoever's in power, that parliament uh, and government support for the industry continues uh, in a way that helps the industry to thrive, develop and, and, and make the right choices. It's been really critical over the past ten years, it's been a great success, you cannot buy that partnership, people from around the world come to Scotland to learn about what works here um, and it's really really important I think that that partnership continues Uh, uh, and grows even further over the next
0: decade. I noticed there's another priority about supporting healthier choices in our our communities across Scotland. Kat, can you tell us a bit more about that? Thanks, Kirsty.
2: Um, Absolutely. Drink drink manufacturers are more than ever trying to help consumers and shoppers make those healthier choices and make it easier for them to do so. Um, Just to give you one example of a great piece of work that's been going on in Scotland is our reformulation for health programme. So that's being funded by the Scottish Government, and it's about supporting Scottish food and drink producers to make their products healthier. Uh, the programme has been going for about two years and has had a great success, um, engaging with more than 400 companies across Scotland. David, did you want to? I comment?
1: wanted to to say, yeah, yeah. I wanted to say Cat, that the it's, um, the thing that really surprised me about that, um, and one that we when we planned it we weren't expecting, was the huge hunger from Scottish food and drink businesses to engage in. Um, uh, looking at the recipes and trying to make their products healthier, it's actually I think shocked me uh, the, the the desire from businesses to do that, and it's one of the key things that we want to make sure we can help support businesses do going forward uh, by making sure that there's a continued funding of that project.
2: Oh, definitely, and again, the breadth of companies that that program has worked with has has been really surprising too. It's everybody from from cafes to restaurants to ingredient suppliers to manufacturers to high street butchers and bakers. Um, whether it's looking at a lower salt mix for sausage rolls or for looking at um, ice cream and how they can make lower the fat in it, there's been so much going on, and, and we hope that that can continue.
1: I think the other thing to pick up on health is the. Um, uh, Of course, there there have been a lot of changes in the way the government has looked at uh, health over the past few years and quite a lot of concern um, around uh, obesity. And obviously, in in Scotland, we saw uh, the government at the moment uh, planning to have a set of restrictions on businesses um, in terms of how they could market their food. Thankfully, because of the coronavirus pandemic, um, they decided to um, uh, pause that legislation, but it's one of the things that is likely to come back uh, in terms of the the kind of manifestos uh, going forward. So um, I, I was wondering, Kat, what you thought about that, and and, and what we what we'd be asking government to do.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a real worry for the businesses. And just to go back to the reformulation program, it kind of undermines the great work that these businesses are doing on a voluntary basis because they know there's consumer demand for these healthier products and they're working towards delivering on those. Um, if, if that legislation was implemented, that would take away um, the ability for these products to get the exposure on the shelf they need to be a success. So that would be hugely concerning for us.
1: So what do you think then the government should be doing to um, address the obesity agenda?
2: Well, I think a lot of it does come down to evidence. We're still not convinced that there is any evidence to show that the proposals to restrict promotion and marketing of certain products in Scotland would have any effect on on the population's health in Scotland. So um, anything that the government does has to be based on really good evidence, sound evidence, and things that ultimately will make a difference to people. Um, What we do know is that the reformulation for health programme that we've we've been talking about has had great success and is is lowering calories in shoppers' baskets. So to me, that's where the energy should be. So we would be asking the next government and the parliamentarians to support that programme and to help businesses to recover from COVID and help consumers to make healthier choices in a way that that suits the consumer and what they want, um, but also
0: supports the industry. The next priority in the manifesto is about achieving a more environmentally sustainable Scotland. Can you tell me a bit more about the great work industry is doing in that area and also how government and other par- parliamentarians could support industry to play their part?
2: Yeah, I'll maybe jump in there, Kirsty. I mean, I think the food and drink industry has been working towards um, a more sustainable world for a long, long time. We've seen initiatives like the Courtauld Commitment, which has been running for many years, which is about energy efficiency about reducing packaging about um, water efficiency and the fdf has a long track record of supporting our members and bringing them together and looking at how collectively we can all become a more sustainable food and drink manufacturing industry so just to give you some examples we've got um members like coca-cola who are moving to 100 percent recycled plastic in their bottles removing shrink wrap from their cans and unveiling the first world's first Food and drink packaging made from recycled marine litter. Um, We have companies in Scotland who are doing a huge amount. We've got McPhee, who are based in Glenbervie, who are looking at um, packing their ready to use dessert and sauce ranges into cartons made up of 80% less plastic than the standard carton. Or um, the iconic Border Biscuits, I'm a massive fan of the chocolate ginger, as so many people are, who've eliminated 90% of plastics from their packaging. Um, I mean, that's going to by over 500 tons of carbon dioxide emissions from their manufacturing processes so there's a lot going on there.
1: I think all of that shows the importance that businesses give to um, the environment and environmental sustainability and I think this year is obviously going to be a signal year for that with COP26 in Glasgow so everyone will be looking um, uh, to see how the industry can develop and change and uh, get even more environmentally sustainable as we move forward so these are fantastic initiatives by businesses, uh, but also the, the FDF is looking forward. We signed up to our own environmental plan, which is Ambition 2025, which includes uh, reducing uh, carbon dioxide emissions by 60% from a 1990 baseline. We're reducing food waste across member supply chains, uh, and uh, we're also supporters of the UK plastics Pact. So there's a whole lot of stuff still to come from the industry. Um, and I think that's really important. And we'll also be looking at um, how, over the next year, um, and in advance of COP26, um, members uh, can contribute to the net zero position as well. So there's there's an enormous agenda on environmental sustainability there. And Kat, I wondered if you wanted to to say what it is we'll be looking to for government to do to play its role. I mean, industry is obviously playing its, its role, but what is it that we would be looking for? The politicians to be supporting
2: you. Thanks, David. Yeah, there's a few things we could we could pop in there. Um, I think, first of all, Kirsty had asked about the opportunities. Um, there's a great opportunity for the food and drink industry to participate in Scotland's uh, circular economy. So just to give you a couple of examples, maybe a bit left field and not the things you'd, you'd think about, but recently I heard of a food and drink manufacturer who's hiring in cobots. So instead of going and buying Um, a piece of machinery and maintaining that and then disposing of it, they're renting these for the period of time they need them and then they go back to a central point and they can get used elsewhere. That's a great example of circularity that's happening in the here and now. And then my favourite term, um, valorising our waste, which is a bit of a technical term, but basically it's getting the most value from any waste that's coming out of a food and drink process. So, if you perhaps have a byproduct or an off cut of your product that can't be used or is not fit for human consumption, it's, where else can that go into? It can go into the bioeconomy. Maybe it can be used for fuel or for um, turning into uh, packaging or, or for various other things. So, that's the kind of on the, the material side of things. I think what we do need from the government is we're going to need a lot of funding and support to move the industry from its current position towards net zero. Um, And there's a number of things that the Scottish Government could help with, or the Scottish Parliament could help with. Some of the things will require a more UK focus, but let's just talk about the Scottish ones for a minute. So um, I think investment and um, electrification is going to be very important. Um, And I also think that the government needs to look at how it funds transition to these um, lower carbon fuels. We had the announcement of the Scottish Industrial Energy Transformation Fund this year, which was very welcome, but that's an overall fund for the whole of the industry in Scotland, not just for food and drink specifically. So a ring-fenced pot of money for, for food and drink would be helpful. And also to look at the minimum thresholds for those fundings. Um, they can be a challenge for SMEs. I should have said at the start that 97% of our food and drink manufacturers in Scotland are SMEs, so there's some um, specific requirements that they need. When you're talking about a minimum threshold of grant funding for 125,000, sometimes that's too big. Sometimes it's too much money and it needs to be broken down into smaller chunks to allow our businesses to, to get a slice of that cake effectively.
0: An important um, priority in the manifesto is about investing in our people's skills and innovation. Can you tell me a bit more about the great work going on already and how, uh, how government could support industry further uh, to ensure we have the correct skills in place uh, to support future growth?
1: Kirsty, you're absolutely right. People is our number one priority, and that's the number one priority across everyone in the the industry. Without people, we couldn't have had the COVID response that we've had. Without people, we don't have the innovation. Uh, Without people, we don't have the productivity that we need to make sure we're competing in a global marketplace. So all of that is really, really important. For the last decade, FDF Scotland have been supported by the Scottish Government to Uh, ensure that food and drink is one of the uh, careers that young people are are aimed at and people see it as a great place uh, to do their work. And that covers a vast range of areas. It covers uh, accountancy, it covers product development, it it covers marketing, uh, and in particular it covers all the STEM, the science, technology, engineering and maths subjects of which the industry is crying out for more uh, people with those qualifications to be part of it. So, So for us, for FDF Scotland, it's been part of our DNA for a long time, and it's really, really critical in terms of, um, you know, the the future success of the industry.
2: I think just to add to that, I mean, future skills needs, every time I go to a meeting I get asked what are going to be the future skills needs of the industry, and the answer is, we kind of know, we don't know yet, but there's a lot of research going on, and that's going to come down the line very soon, and it's something that we hopefully will be doing a podcast on in the future. But it'll definitely be linked to green jobs, to digital and automation, to robotics and artificial intelligence. Um, For example, blockchain, Um, it's a a system of recording information in a way that makes it difficult or impossible to change, hack or cheat the system. We hear a lot about cybersecurity. All these things that you wouldn't think had anything to do with making a ready meal are going to be fundamental to the way we operate in the future.
1: And our members have done some great work as well. We're talking about, uh, you know, McSweeney of Edinburgh make fantastic haggis but you know they've uh, done a huge amount to look at their workplace culture uh to make sure that people are trained um and uh you know and have the right skills and have the right responsibilities and all of that is you know a, a big change for them i think in their workforce retention and and, and the way that they work uh devro one uh, of our larger members are absolutely fantastic in this they um, always have uh, modern apprentices, training through them, their, their factory at East Kilbride um, and normally between four and ten modern apprentices at any one time. So they are continually thinking about bringing young people into the industry, training them, upskilling them, making sure they have uh, the right skills which will mean they have a fantastic career in the food and drink industry, and in particular again around the, those science, technology, engineering and math skills as they go forward. So huge amounts of work from businesses in the sector. Um, and, you know, what we're really looking for here is that we work collaboratively together with a wide range of agencies, that includes government agencies like Skills Development Scotland, mm-hmm. and includes other industry partners, um, to continue to do a few things. So then the first thing is um, continuing to support the work that we do. Um, FDF Scotland has a fantastic um, convening role here um, and works with a wide range of partners. Uh, from the public and the private sector, and it's really important that we keep that focus going forward. Um, And then I think the the second key thing is um, there's been great work done on apprenticeships, uh, starting with um, um, apprenticeships just going out of school um, and then through further and higher education, um, uh, which we've been part of and skills development Scotland have delivered. And that's a great opportunity for young people and it's a great opportunity for businesses to make sure that they're drawing people in Uh, to match what they need Um, and I think um, Kat you talked there about um, the kind of skills uh, for the future the skills that the industry needs Um, uh, and I think um, you know what we need uh, to to get support on and and ask parliamentarians to understand is there are a huge amount of jobs that we probably don't even know will exist yet uh, in terms of the needs of the food and drink industry and it's being agile and continuing to understand what those needs will be uh, and to support the industry to make sure that the the right people are coming forward with those, with those skills.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be an exciting time in the future. We've been through a really tough time with in the industry over the last, well, for, for many years, but um, certainly over the last year. And I think this is all really exciting. It's showing that there's a huge potential for a really strong food and drink manufacturing industry in Scotland and with really high quality jobs, great opportunities and in a very sustainable way. So it's... It's an exciting thing to be part of and really looking forward to engaging with the
1: parliamentarians on this agenda going forward. I I would agree, I would just just echo that. One one of the important things to say, yes, it's been a hard time, but the food and drink industry has a fantastic future in Scotland. It has real opportunities to grow, real opportunities to develop innovation and real opportunities to provide high value jobs for people all across of Scotland. And and that's why it's great to work for FDF Scotland to represent uh, many of those businesses. Um, And, you know, I have a huge amount of confidence that this industry will continue to thrive and grow uh, over the next decade or more. But what we need is to make sure the government is there um, working with us every step of the way. And that's what this manifesto is designed to help. So obviously today you've heard about the critical work that FDF Scotland is doing, taking the needs of the industry to politicians uh, in advance of the elections. We need you to be part of that. We know that we're good at doing this. We know that we uh, deliver excellent value for money to our members, uh, and we know that we're responsive to members' needs. Um, But we also need you to make sure that we put the weight of our arguments and those land with politicians there. So if you want to know more about membership, then please get in touch or look at the website at www.fdfscotland.org.uk.
0: Thank you, Kat and David. It was really good to catch up about the manifesto today. Thanks for listening to this podcast from FDF Scotland. You can find out more about our work and if you're a food and drink business, how to join us at www.fdfscotland.org.uk.